0: Welcome, everybody, to The Kim Barrett Show. I'm your host, Kim Barrett. And on today's episode, we have Mr. Danny May from Lingmon Now, if you've been hearing about AI and how it's going to take over your job and it's going to do all these crazy things in the future, you do not want to miss this episode. We go into and look at what actually is AI, how is it affecting the marketplace, how is it going to affect you in your business, and of course, touch on how did Danny, a plumber, go to become someone who now runs a language translation technology company in the space of not really that many amount of years. And also how did they then get to show that at a world summit, right? With leaders of the free world. Now, if you wanna check that out, this is the episode for you. And of course, if we can ever help you with your marketing, similar to how Danny grew his business with his marketing, head over to www.marketingmogul.com.au. But let's jump into the show. Danny, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Now, I always like to kick off the podcast with just one question, which is, Danny, if you and I were at a party and we're chatting to each other and we're having a few beers, and I said, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? The go-to answer is... You know what we do is I you know I founded Lingmo and we provide real-time language translation solutions to enterprises to help them communicate with their customers. Love that. And so tell us a little bit more so when you say communicate with their customers that like how are you guys doing the translation where is this happening is it just like an audio translation that when you're listening to something or fill us in a little bit more on the tech side of things. We have a few products so I'll step back a little bit so Where the company started was we really, you know, we founded this six years ago and we were focusing on consumer products. And then we had, you know, a couple of big wins with translation earpieces and and so on. We launched them at United Nations. And we had a lot of enterprise companies come to us and say, we love your translation. We love what you can do. Can you build it into our ecosystem? and it was becoming harder and harder to do. When I say harder, it was becoming time, if it wasn't time effective and cost effective for the enterprise. So we pivoted and really started focusing on the enterprise side. Still got our consumer products, but during COVID, no one's traveling anyway, so they kind of sort of dwindled down. And we have a range, so when we pivoted, we have a range of solutions now. So it is voice to voice. We do speech recognition, so transcription. We do text to text translation via live chat, we've got a new product that's out on Zoom now, for Zoom chats. So we have, in, you know, we've got chat bots and we, we just tried what we had our solutions do was enterprises, whether it's small, medium, large to communicate with their customers, because, you know, during COVID now, everyone's online, globalization, communication is the key for someone to buy products or, you know, to sustain that customer, you know, whether it might be an airline, trying to talk them in, you know, giving them back a refund or credits, communication is the key and not everyone speaks the same language. And so how do you see that affecting industries like, for example, my partner runs a language school here in Perth where they teach Spanish, Italian and French, obviously, and they do some corporate work where they train them up as well. Do you see this as almost like, I don't want to say like the death of learning languages, but if people are going to be heavily relying on this how are you seeing on the corporate side, people still, are they still wanting to learn part of that language or are they just going, don't have to now, like we've got the automation to take care of it? What we're seeing now is it's, you know, when, when we first founded this, especially moving into the enterprise side, it's, we're not trying to take jobs away from people. It's actually providing a solution, you know, for translators, interpreters, learning a language to enhance what they've got. So to, you're learning a language, okay, a lot of people might not be able to do it, you know, face to face, but You may use some software in some parts and face-to-face in other parts. So it's giving them resources to be able to learn different ways and learn effectively. In the corporate sense, it's a little bit different because, you you know, say for us, for example, you know, we're a global company and we're talking to, you know, people in Europe, you know, South America and, you know, even America, there's so many different dialects and different languages there. It's hard to really hone in on one language and learn it. You know, if we were just dealing, say, with China, then you'd you'd learn Mandarin and, and go there because that's your only what you're doing. But in the corporate sense, the solutions that we're providing just gives them the ability to communicate with their customers. And then you've got corporate key accounts where those people may learn a language depending on those key clients. But it's really enabling people to communicate freely and also enhance interpreters, translators learn a language, that's industry to enhance, you know, how they go to market and stuff like that. It's not about taking jobs away. No, that's that's awesome. I love that. Circling back to the beginning, what made you want to then start a translation? What would now be, you know, a translation and tech company? What was the kickoff point for you? So what the kickoff was, you know, I started a couple of companies in early days, you know, photo sharing and all that, mainly thinking about the money as you do, you know, Instagram sold to Facebook for a billion dollars. I thought, okay, the iceberg effect. I thought that guy looks like he's done it easy, so I'm going to do that. But how I found Lingmo was I didn't come from the tech industry. I was a plumber. I still am on my license, but I might pay for that every year, just, you know, you get your fallback sort of thing. And I was contracted to go to China to find solar hot water products and manufacture them and get them back to Australia, get them certified and install them, et cetera. You know, just four hours after landing in China for my first trip, my passport was stolen. And I went up to a police officer, I was in Shanghai, and I downloaded a Now Competitors app. And just tried something nice and simple. I just wanted to break the ice with this dude. And I just said, hello, how are you? Into the translator. it actually come out in manner and said, hello, I love you. And he he wasn't impressed, eh? Like, he had his hand in his gun. Just picture this guy. I was, my colleague I was with was about 150 kilos at the time. He was running down the street. You know how someone's running so fast with a suitcase, it looks like they've got a kite behind them? That's how fast he was running. i have going, you know, I'm in trouble here. So... What actually happened was it, it, the police seen the, the funny side of it. Long story short, I, I got to where I was going, and, and he helped me. But I come back and just really thought, how many other people in that situation, well, sorry, how many other people we've been put in that situation and get lost because you know everyone's you know can't communicate somewhere whether it's you know Chinatown just to get you know some Chinese or while they're overseas, and you literally feel lost so come back and it was a big company don't get me wrong the company's up that I use so just come back and really did six months of market research just to find out why that was so wrong and I think it took someone outside the industry to really you know think outside the box to find out and the company don't get me wrong their translation was 100% accurate what wasn't accurate was the speech recognition which is the start of it so then the rest of the snowballed and that's how you got bad translation so yeah just come back and really thought about that and you know come and learn how to build a product and enhance it to where we are now well i don't want to skip over that because it's like everyone if they are listening they're gonna be like cool you're a plumber you head over to china then you come back you're like yeah we just build a product and roll it out and now it's killing it like what were some of the steps in there because obviously as you mentioned coming back as a plumber you identify there was opportunity there what happened next for you because i'm Going to make the assumption that you weren't able just to jump on the computer, knock up a program that could then be have better speech recognition than this competitors at. Yeah, no, definitely good. I tried that, and my attention span was so short, and I'm I <laughs> yeah. got frustrated, so I thought, no, I'm not doing that. So I guess I did make it sound a lot easier than what it was, you know, the iceberg effect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but and it did was you know come back did the market research, went and seen some angel investors, you know, about forty of them. They all said no for two reasons: one, going up against the big companies; two, you're a plumber no tech background so what we did was we actually sold our house and put the money into creating an mvp i was because of the projects i was working with before i had some of the developers that i was working with out of pakistan so i contacted these guys and we started working through can we do this what can we do and they said yeah let's give it a go and that was what seven years ago they've been with me ever since so i self-taught myself everything i needed to know within this industry. So it's artificial intelligence and stuff, but within speech recognition and translation, because when you say self-taught myself in AI, there's so many different things. And I just really honed in on what I needed to know, but basically what I needed to know. So with the developers, I could challenge a status quo with them. You know, like if I say I need, we need to do X, Y, and Z, they go, we can do X, Y. And I'll go, well, why can't we do Z? You know, you do it this way. And it may take a little bit longer, cost a little bit more money, but let's do it that way. And i think outside the box and go, yeah, let's give it a go. And next thing you know, it works. So it's, that's where I guess with the plumbing really helped me to what I'm doing now in tech is because when you walk into a bathroom, you know, at a client's house, you've got to, they say, I want the toilet there, shower there, hand basin there, just timber. You've got to picture everything, how it's finished. So you know where to run your pipes at the start then you're the last person to come in. So you've got to know where your pipes were so you don't dream into them and how you've got to visualise how it looks. Same with the tech. I visualise how it looks and how it has to feel. I speak with our, our team and they go, yeah, we can do X, Y, and Z, as I said. And then we go, okay, no worries. And then something happens and we work together. And I just, from the non-tech background, I kind of come to it as a usability side of it, as well as you know functionality and stuff. And so from there, you've, like, you sold your house, you built the MVP, and then obviously to the point where you just mentioned like, yeah, we you know, launched something at the UN, which is pretty, pretty epic. What were some of the, the big high points along the way and what were some of the real challenging points that you hit in that process? The challenging ones were at the start. So once I built the MVP, you know, we sold the house and stuff, you got to know your limitations. And my limitation was commercializing the product. So I, um, I brought a partner on and you know he's helped me take this company to where we are now and then we obviously with his connection we brought another partner on which helped with angel investment and investment into the company but there was bringing them on to add value to the areas that i lacked you know there's there's been a lot of ups and downs i guess you, there's no regrets they're all lessons and probably the up was you know the going to united nations and i do keynotes and you know do a lot of keynotes around the world so there are a lot of the ups promoting i love promoting the products and promoting the company and then I guess, you know, another up is, you know, we had, you know, on the Central Coast, we had the Central Coast Mariners here and there was a couple of Spanish guys that brought their family over but they couldn't speak any English and to the point where their wives didn't want to go out of the house because they were worried about communicating. So we gave them some of our hardware devices and they, you know, had shed a tear and all that type of stuff because they could communicate. So, you know, that's that's what we really built. What we've done is to enable people to communicate. So we're really focused on the product not the money at the start and you know the money will come at the end i guess a lot of the, the so the low points is you know there's a lot of struggles in it you know pivoting you know we got to we had to do a couple of pivots i so say from consumer to to enterprise and you know we had a lot of big companies come to us so it wasn't really typical startup sense where you start you know with a small medium they kind of come to us because of what we did at un and that and took us to another level but once you put all the work into those and then next year, you know they go with you know with big organizations as as you know they they lose focus pretty easy when i say that they say yes i want this now but then okay what's well, going to take us three months to build it three months down the track they go yeah we don't need any more we've pivoted to a different way or they've had a reorganization the person you're speaking to is not there anymore so that's the, the a lot of those challenges and, and low points were were, were from that and what about getting into the UN? Because just got, get into the UN and that was pretty good. It's like, what was the process to be able to get that and launch that there? Because I think for a lot of people, when they hear things like that, they're like, like that's an, an impressive. You can get it in front of an audience like that to share, as you mentioned, and the big enterprises like, well, hey, these guys are here. They must be good. What was the process like to get in the door there? Well, quite lucky with that because he's one of our advisors at the start. He'd done a lot of work with the UN. So it's kind of in a sense it's not watching you to you know in some of these areas and i've again that's one of the lessons that i've learned is we could know everything and if you don't know the right people you're not going to go you know it's i guess it's the same as a silicon valley mentality you know if if we're in silicon valley right now we're probably be worth a billion dollars because you're in the valley it's not it's it's all that type of side of it so so his name's neil and he introduced us he does a lot of keynotes he was one of the founding members of the ai for good summit which is part of the UN initiative. And what that does is it just it brings the focus point of artificial intelligence giving back for good in the world. And obviously language communication is, is one of them. So that's how we got in, into the UN. And from that, I've done a couple of keynotes in Korea and stuff on panels for the, for the UN, the ITU division. So that's the telecommunications side of it. And I guess being in the right time, Right place at the right time, and a lot of things. You know, I, I get frustrated when I hear people say that when they've grown their business. But it kind of it, there is certain aspects where that is, and and again, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So with that, that's how I got a lot of the keynotes with that because he was one of the founding members of that ITU division. That's awesome, man. I think that is important for everyone to remember because obviously, yes, you can have an amazing product, but if you can't get the product out there. It's not, like, it doesn't matter how amazing it is if no one knows about it right you've got to get out there and, and market yourself and, and talk about it and promote with us our, our big focus is obviously we do online advertising and so many people come to us like I've got this oh, awesome thing and I say it. I'm like it is cool but I was like well, how come I don't know about it like this should be you should be getting this out there and that's the only way to, the way to do it is to get it out there otherwise you'll be the best kept secret that no one ever knows about yeah when we sort of how we got the popularity was when we launched that earpiece at United Nations and because we did it in collaboration with IBM. And it was quite funny because we got the the IBM logo and stuff on there. And I think we're either one of the first or the first in the world to get the IBM logo on a hardware device. The simple reason is I asked a question. I just go in and ask the question and I'm thinking, well, what's the worst I'm going to say is no. And they've actually gone, well, we've never been asked that question. We don't know. And it took about two months because they've never been asked. They didn't know who to get permission off. So because we did that, we did a press release. And it was quite funny because... The first initial press release, the heading went out of Australian startup takes on big players in earpiece market and it wasn't getting any traction. So then they come back and said, we want to change it to Australian Plumber, invent smart translation earpiece. And it went gangbusters. It literally went viral. I was in 37 of the top 40 online magazines around the world. And that's where the, the popularity. So that's how we got to that stage. And it was, we were just ahead of the curve with that you know then Google come out with Google Pixel I remember doing an interview and they said oh Google Pixel come out the other day and they mentioned you in their article that they're competing against you are you scared and I said no I said I've got to thank Google because our sales just went through the roof because got, they compared themselves directly to us so it was you know you've got to take and then the big players everyone gets scared of taking on the big players but that's the entrepreneurship side of it and that's the struggles you've got to overcome yeah, 100%. I think that's so important. Like, number one, they're taking, like, just asking, because most people, the reason why they don't get what they want is because they never ask for it. I remember my my partner is, is really big on this. Like, if we go to a hotel and she doesn't like the hotel room, for me, I'm like, the hotel room that they give me is a hotel room. Yeah. For her, she's like, hang on, we're, you know, we were in, um, in New York. She's like, we're in front of Central Park. We can't see Central Park. Why can't they put us on a higher floor? And I'm like, well, this is our room. And no, she's like, when you call them and ask them if they have any rooms, I call them and then they're like, yeah, we can put you up on a higher floor. I'm like, oh, like I, I literally would never ask, but you never know unless you ask for it, right? Yeah, it's funny because I did a keynote for Think, at for IBM's Think in Vegas and they had people up on the billboard above, I don't know if you've been to Vegas and they've got bubblegum shrimp, you know, that big billboard up there. They had people from IBM up there and i like, oh, what's the hell, I might as well ask if I can get up there. I just went and asked, I said, because I was doing a keynote, I said, yeah no worries you've got to get hair and makeup uh tomorrow and i've gone what hair and makeup that that was a total separate thing for me so i got the pictures done and then i was up on the billboard for seven days it's yeah i think it's, it's just amazing and as you say most people it's like because literally the worst they can say is no and there's, yeah. no, there's no harm and it's like but if you never ask you're never going to yeah. be on the billboard above 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 yeah no i just you just go with the mentality you go okay well they're going to say no do you think okay no no and then you say yes you go oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that. And you're shocked. So if, I guess if any, any, people get cranky with me because I ask a lot of questions and that's the only way that I learn. But I do ask questions if, you know, for these, these type of things. And yeah, it's, it's sometimes it pays off. Most of the times it doesn't. And that's where you got to, you know, I've gave a few examples of where it did. But, you know, for those three examples, there's probably 40 that have said no. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, right, you went to all the angel investors at the beginning and they all said no. And you know, there's so many stories fraught with that, where it's like you just got to keep asking. And I think it was—I don't know if it was—if I'm right in saying—if it was one of the, I think it was like KFC and Colonel Sanders, something like that. He went to so many people, all said no, and then he found managed to find the very last one or 59th person he spoke to said yes and helped him start it up. And you know, now it's our house. But I think Google was the same. Google was the same. Yeah it's for all of them because it's like well it's you know everyone gives up but it's only the entrepreneurial spirit as you said it's like that pushes through so that people can can keep going and you know then eventually someone will say yes or someone will help you line it up so it becomes different not be exactly what you asked for but you know as you say you then you found another partner who then got you into a, an investor and it's, it's it always will play, play out somehow yeah yeah compromise i guess you've got to go in there thinking if you think if you're Headstrong and you're stuck in your way, you ain't going to go anywhere. You know that's that's the ego. They say ego is the success inhibitor because if you've got ego and you're not willing to change or learn, then there's no point in being a, in a startup or an entrepreneur. So true, and so obviously, being that you're you have so much exposure to the AI space, and you've, you've mentioned how it's affected business during the uh, this period recently and whatnot as well. What are you seeing or projecting over the next couple of years? Cause I know some people, as soon as AI started coming out, they're talking about, oh yeah, like all this stuff's gonna take over and it's gonna all these jobs are gonna be lost and blah, blah, blah. Which, you know, in, in some cases, not that they will be lost, certain tasks and aspects will be replaced because obviously we have to automate and scale and grow and improve, you know, what everyone does. But is is there anything that you're seeing or or predicting to see come out in the next couple of years that thinking and looking at like small, medium businesses, even in your space with translation and speech recognition, is there anything that you're seeing that kind of really excites you that you think is going to have a really good positive effect coming up? In relation to AI, you know, I think you you just touched on it then and, and I mentioned it before. AI, you know, I think the people that are scared are the ones that sort of spreading a lot of stuff of it's taking over my job I think you hit the nail on the head it's automating a lot of things which it's it's there to help and assist people not take their jobs away from them. albeit some you know some jobs may be taken but that's where people you know skill up so there's that I only watched it the other day or watched part of it there was a movie from IBM where the first man went to the moon and they brought the big IBM supercomputer in, and then they had all the, the ladies doing the calculations and stuff so they were scared then when IBM bought that computer and it was going to take their jobs. But what they did was they reskilled, so they could. They realised that they had to feed information to the computer. Same thing with AI. You know, it's the initial scare side of it. What really excites me moving forward is the you know five G. So we're doing work with Telefonica, uh, Intel, and Emilia Hotels in Spain for the five G on the edge. So that what's that kind of stuff really excites me because. We're working on software where you just pick up the phone, voice over IP, and you just, you're speaking, but you're speaking to someone in a different language and you have literally no idea that they're speaking a different language. What limits us now is the latency and the time because the, where we've got it is, is sort of like an old school international phone call, but with the 5G on the edge, the latency issues that will far increase the speed and make it more real-time. So for, for us in our industry, that's what kind of excites us but I think in a lot of industries, the 5G and, and the network capability is just going to improve things, you know. Look, you've got, you know, your Teslas and are auto drive, you know, self-drive and, and all that type of stuff. So, again, it's, it's just those things moving forward, becoming at a more rapid space is, I think, where I see it going and it's kind of is exciting because, again, it's exciting for people in the, in the space and scary for people that aren't. But you know for your listeners and stuff it, it shouldn't be if you're not in the space there's nothing to be scared of you just got to sit there and think okay what in my industry can be automated and pretty much what can be automated is is where the ai is going to help in you're still going to have to have a human touch at some point computers can't just run around and, and we all the world they're going to have some human input for, for daily tasks and i think that's a, a big key point is and that's so important and i know so we we do a, a bit of stuff with messenger chatbots on facebook and, and instagram and everyone when they were looking at it i was like cool like the word bot is well especially in that space sometimes gets a little bit people freak out because of people using them negatively in other areas but i was like it's just a little bit of automation all it is is automating this task so as you mentioned there's still going to be a point where they want to speak to a human you know and and same even with ai it's like ai can't work out a strategy it can tactically do something, it can calculate something, it can automatically respond to something, but it's not going to work out the big picture strategy that you've got to as you say, plug in into the AI so that it can do what it needs to do. Yeah, and so I think the the good one there, because we do stuff, with, when I say we do stuff with chatbots, people have chatbots, they train it, we add the language in front of it, so they train in one language and we have their chatbot communicate in 80 languages, so that's where we add value to that, and again, you've got the live chat side, but also on, on the back end of the chatbot, everyone, you know, it is just taking the small menial tasks off people so they can work on the more complex ones that, you know, it, uh, reach, say, Maya or somewhere like that. And they're asking, do you have a, a shoe colour in red? The bot can go, yes, we have a red, where that will take up someone's time to say, yes, we have a red, where they can go, oh, I want a refund. And that's where the person can come in. But also to add to that is, those chatbots need to be trained. They don't just come out of the box ready to go. You've got to continually train them. So if, yes, they say for Myra, for example, they have a red shoe today. Tomorrow they may not have a red shoe. It may be blue. And they've got to train it to learn the questions for blue shoes. So there's always human interaction at some point. Yeah, I think that's so important for people to understand this. Like, yeah, you, it's uh, they're not gonna, computers aren't taken over, guys. It's just that uh, hopefully making things a lot easier for everyone. And uh, now, as we get towards the end of our time together, I always like to ask this question to every guest that we have on, which is, is there any question that I didn't ask you that I should have? No, not really. You know, I do a lot of podcasts and I think we've pretty much covered most of the questions. I guess, you know, for the entrepreneurial side, you know, we've gone through how how get it, it and stuff. So, I guess probably maybe one of the questions would be, and I'll kind of answer it now is especially for someone like myself that come from a different industry to tech, you know, I get asked a lot of questions, especially around how you find angel investors or investment into it or what you should be giving people, do you know what I mean, around that mindset. And I get a lot of questions asked, you know, from younger sort of, you know, when I say younger, it makes me feel old, but younger, you know, entrepreneurs starting out is, and the advice is, you know how much equity or something should they give away in a project and it's obviously what you're comfortable in giving away is one but two like me in the early days you can't do everything you need to and nine times out of ten when you start a company you cannot afford to pay someone to bring on to add the value so you've got to yes you know you might put 50, 100k into it and you go well this is my baby I want to give you 2% because I put 100k and you're doing nothing you don't look at it like that you look at it what value are they going to add? Because if you have a good example of this is, you know, Eric, the founder of Zoom, he aims like I think it's 22 or 25% of Zoom because he's brought people in, you know, investors and stuff like them, where they put the money but they add the value as well. So to have 25% of something that's worth a hundred billion dollars now to a hundred percent of something that's worth a hundred K, you know, you've got to sort of weigh it up and just, you know, be realistic in a lot of things and And then that's where the compromise comes in. That's so important that you mentioned there. It's like that you can have 100% of something worth 100K or you can have a smaller piece of something so much bigger. And if you do find the right people that add that value, it's so important, I think. And and now, Danny, for anyone that's been listening and they said, cool, I want to find out a bit more about what you're up to, everything that's going on in the translation world and whatnot, where's the best place for people to to connect online and to to find out more about what you guys are up to? The best way to find out about our products and what we're doing is go onto our website, MingmoInternational.com. If you have got any questions or want to follow me and stuff, the best place is LinkedIn. That's where I do a lot of my, my stuff on there. And that way you can, you know, if you've got questions about entrepreneurship, you can just, you know, friend me and, and send me a message and have conversations to help out. But yeah, if you general information about your products, you know, it's it's lingmointernational.com. But we don't just cater for large companies. We do, you know, corner shops, you know, small, medium businesses that have an issue, whether it's voice, text or Whatever it may be, translation, we've got a solution that can that can fit your needs. Amazing. So, guys, wherever you are, you'll be able to click around and see in the show notes or click through to the website and we'll have all the links there, links to um, Danny's uh, LinkedIn profile as well. And if you like this episode, please make sure that you subscribe so that you can hear these episodes when they drop before anyone else. And Danny, thank you so much again for joining us today. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me. Cheers.